for Monday, September 20th. It's the Core News, right here on 90.3 The Core. This week on a nice abbreviated Core News, as we introduce the news to the semester and to you, we've got some of our old standards. We've got the environmental report with the Nana and the entertainment news with our friend the Sherman Tank. And we're going to wind up with telling you about new music right here at the Core what we've just gotten to the station, and what DJs have been playing. That will be with our head music director, Lauren Jefferson. But first, it's time to find out what's going on in the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. Here's Amy Bronstein with the Core News War Update. In Iraq on September 15th, Seven Iraqis were killed, including four children, during a raid near Fallujah. U.S. military officials said that the raid had been planned and led by the Iraqi authorities, although U.S. servicemen were present in nearly all aspects of the combat operation. The New York Times reported that although the combat mission in Iraq was declared over in early September, 4,500 of the 50,000 troops remaining in Iraq are special operations troops, which will take part in raids and counterterrorism operations with their Iraqi counterparts. On Sunday, September 19th, a string of bombings across Iraq left dozens dead in Baghdad and Fallujah. Two simultaneous suicide car bombs in Baghdad targeted an Iraqi cell phone company and the Ministry of National Security, while a roadside bomb in Fallujah killed another six people. Also on Sunday... An official from the Iraqi government announced that more than 600 artifacts, which were stolen from the Baghdad Museum following the American invasion in 2003, were found in a storeroom belonging to Prime Minister Nouri al-Maliki. The artifacts had been smuggled out of the country, but were found and returned in 2008. At some point after their return, the artifacts were lost again by the government, and only found recently. In Afghanistan... Afghan members of parliament and U.S. officials said that the country's central bank had long ignored warnings about shaky investments in Dubai real estate, even as the global housing market was collapsing. Revelations about the corrupt and unsound condition of the central bank prompted a run on the Kabul branch by panicked customers. Investigations have also revealed that the bank officials granted themselves and family members large personal loans. On Saturday, September 18th, Afghan national elections were held. Voter turnout was low, and 12 were killed in Election Day violence. Many polling locations were attacked, and the New York Times reported that hundreds of polling stations never opened. In the days leading up to the vote, the Taliban claimed to have kidnapped 30 election officials, campaign workers, and even one parliamentary candidate. There have also been emerging allegations of voter fraud. I'm Amy Bronstein with the Core News War Update. This is the Core News on 90.3 The Core, streaming and podcasting at thecore.fm. And so here I am, Nano, with the Eco Environmental News Update here on 90.3 The Core. Well, well first, let's go to Louisiana in Plaquemines Parish. Friday, September 10th, thousands upon thousands of dead fish choked a waterway and washed up on the shores of Plaquemines Parish. There were pogeyfish, redfish, shrimp, cab- crabs, and freshwater eels. Too many to count. Initially, the fish kill was assumed to be the responsibility of the Big Bad BP oil leak disaster. But wildlife and fishery expert Olivia Watkins said, Low tide trapped fish in less than two feet of water. She added that hot water held less oxygen than cold and heat also raised the metabolism. So plants and animals need more oxygen to survive. 
Watkins also said Port Found is bordered on one side by a rock dam and a shallow outlet to the Gulf of Mexico on the other. When the tide is low, it becomes a pool, and that's what trapped the fish. Now we'll go to Susquehanna County in Pennsylvania. Thirteen families are suing Houston-based Southwestern Energy Company. The attorney for these families, Peter Combs, wrote in the lawsuit, a faulty gas well drilled by Houston-based Southwestern Energy Company leaked toxic fracking fluid into local groundwater in northeastern Pennsylvania's Susquehanna County, exposing residents to dangerous chemicals and sickening a child. These families live in a Marcellus shale area that was hydraulically fractured. The attorney also said the fracking fluid leaked into the aquifer and contaminated wells within several thousand feet, if not more. This is among the first lawsuits in the U.S. alleging the hydraulic that a hydraulic fracking is responsible for contaminating groundwater. We'll see how it plays out. Now we're going to Barnegat Bay in New Jersey in the Garden State. There is a bill sponsored. The bill is A2290 to limit lawn fertilization in New Jersey. It is known that nitrate-rich lawn fertilizers contribute to eutrophication or dead zones in the Barnegat Bay and our state's lakes and rivers. The company Scott's miracle Grow opposes Bill A2290, claiming the standard needing needed to be met in this bill would necessitate every product on the market to change. For many years now, Rutgers University right here at Rutgers has been experimenting and developing grasses that need minimal fertilization, less mowing, and no watering or irrigation. If you want to know more about these types of Rutgers grasses, check out Rutgers University, free extension publications. And there you have it, the news update, the ecological and environmental news update here on 90.3 The Court. Thanks for listening. You're listening to The Core News on 90.3 The Core, streaming and podcasting at thecore.fm. This is the Sherman Tank with your weekly update of entertainment news. I was just on weather.com to look up the 10-day forecast so I could make some sort of cute reference to how the upcoming chilly weather corresponds to the approaching fall and winter movie season, but unfortunately there isn't going to be any chilly weather for a while. It's supposed to stay between 70 and 85 degrees for the next week and a half or so, so scratch that idea. But either way, the fall and winter movie season is approaching, and it always tends to bring with it the best movies of the year. I named a couple of anticipated ones last week, such as Black Swan, directed by Darren Aronofsky. I went into detail about the praise that early screenings of Black Swan have been receiving, and I explained how and why it is easily my most anticipated movie of the year. Of course, the December 1st release of that movie is not the only bright spot on the calendar. David Fincher's upcoming movie, The Social Network, which is a dramatized history of the founding of Facebook, has made small appearances at a few sneak previews around the country. The early trailers for the movie really caught my interest, and the word from those lucky enough to get a glimpse of the almost-finished movie have been positive so far. The movie looks incredibly slick, as should be expected from a Fincher movie by now. The dialogue's supposed to be sharp and witty, and the drama looks absolutely delicious. Look forward to the October 1st release of this one. Speaking of exciting trailers, the first trailer for David O. Russell's movie The Fighter has just been released. It's a boxing movie starring Mark Wahlberg and Christian Bale as brothers who are trying to climb the ranks of professional boxing, and Amy Adams is the cute bartender who becomes the love interest for Wahlberg's character. From what I can tell from the trailer, the movie looks above average for a sports movie, sort of like a million-dollar baby type deal. The name of the movie itself is a clear enough sign that's trying to crib a little bit from 2008's best movie, The Wrestler, as well. And that notion becomes even more clear during the trailer. But the real draw here, well, you know, for me at least, is definitely Amy Adams. My curse is that I have to go see any movie that Amy Adams stars in, including Leap Year and Night at the Museum 2. I can't help it, I'm in love. Okay, that's enough of that. There's one more movie coming out soon with a very interesting story behind it. I'm sure most of you are aware of what's been happening with actor Joaquin Phoenix over the last few years. The actor, who had previously been nominated for an Academy Award for his role as Johnny Cash in the 2005 movie Walk the Line, has seemingly gone insane two years ago. 
He grew out a giant Charles Manson beard and announced his retirement from acting to pursue a career in hip-hop. His fall from glory was one of the most absurd things I've ever seen in my life, and I almost couldn't believe it was actually happening. At the same time, it was fun to watch it happen, I'm not gonna lie. There's a great video on YouTube of Joaquin jumping off stage and attacking somebody who says his rap sucks. Hilarious. Anyway, I was of course delighted to hear that Casey Affleck, Phoenix's brother-in-law, was making a documentary called I'm Still Here that would detail what has happened to Phoenix in recent years. However, Affleck has recently revealed that the entire movie is just a hoax. The rap career, the insanity, all of it was a lie. The beard was presumably still real, but still. The movie is nothing more than a mockumentary, starring Phoenix as a fictional version of himself, and all the craziness that he's made us believe in over these past few years was all just method acting. Color me kind of disappointed. You know what else I'm disappointed in? Hollywood. Want to know why? I'll tell you why. It's because they just announced they're adapting John Milton's 17th century epic religious poem, Paradise Lost, into a 3D action movie. Not sure I can stomach saying anything more on the subject, so I won't. At the same time, though, I just read a piece of news about another upcoming movie that makes me very happy, actually. Early work has begun on a movie about the late Queen singer Freddie Mercury, and it has been announced that Sasha Baron Cohen, a.k.a. Borat, is signed on to play Mercury. Yes, it sounds a little ridiculous at first, but once you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Freddie Mercury's famous stage presence and mustache are clearly within Cohen's acting capabilities, and I'm really excited to see how he handles the role. That's it for the movie news this week. As always, let's wrap up this segment with a little bit of television news. J.J. Abrams, who created one of the greatest shows of all time in Lost and had a hand in some of my favorite movies in recent years, such as Star Trek and Cloverfield, has disappointed me with some of his more recent work on television. His show Fringe, which has actually found an audience and is going into its third season, did not really come close to living up to my expectations. His newest show, a spy comedy called Undercovers, looks like it's going to be pretty standard fare, and it might end up finding some moderate success on a struggling NBC network. But his most recently announced TV project, called Alcatraz, sounds exactly like the kind of thing I'm looking for from Abrams. A mystery show set on an island. Sold. This has been the Sherman Tank with all the latest and greatest entertainment news. This is the core news reminding you not to drink and drive. When consuming alcohol, make sure you always have a designated driver or a bicycle and a helmet. Also, remember to eat your vegetables. Call your grandmother and warm up before any strenuous exercise. And don't litter. This has been a Core News public service announcement. Is it done yet? 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 Yes! When the temperature is right, take a bite. Stay healthy and wipe out those microbes. Always cook chicken and burgers to at least 165 degrees Fahrenheit. This message is brought to you by the Food Safety Campaign from the Rutgers Nutritional Sciences Department and this station. You're listening to The Core News on 90.3 The Core, streaming and podcasting at thecore.fm. And in fact, it is not done yet. We've got one more segment for you. Here's our head music director here at 90.3 The Core, Lauren Jefferson, to tell us what is happening in new music here at 90.3 The Core. This week we've got a couple of albums coming out. Of Montreal has a new album, False Pretense, and this is going to be their 10th studio album. And with this one, they're, they're keeping true to their signature eclectic combination of electro and psychedelic pop. And also on the album, a few collaborations with Janelle Monet and Solange Knowles, who is obviously Beyonce's sister. So, I mean, there's, I mean, there's really not much to say about Montreal, but they pretty much speak for themselves. I mean, if you're digging this new album, what you hear, you can check them out. They're going to be on tour coming up with actually Janelle Monet. And they have a few dates in New York the 17th and 18th of September. But a complete list of their tour dates can be found on their MySpace page, www.myspace.com slash of Montreal. Also, Robin has an album out, Body Talk Part 2, which is the sequel to her June release, Body Talk Part 1. Um, the album continues with her electropop, dance hall-inspired music. She really knows what she's doing. She got her start when she was 12 years old over in Sweden. 
doing like TV theme songs. Most people might know her for her collaborative work with a lot of electronic acts, including Roy Sop, The Knife, and Basement Jacks. So, I mean, if you're looking for something to dance to, Robin is your go-to girl. As for the charts, Arcade Fire is still hanging in strong at number one with their album The Suburbs. If you haven't heard this album yet, I suggest you check it out if you're into Arcade Fire. And even if you're not into Arcade Fire, uh, these guys are great. Kind of like a staple band in indie rock, but check that out. At number two this week, we had Screaming Females with their new album Castle Talk. Uh, new Brunswick's own. They've uh, gone from being a local thing to touring with Jeff the Brotherhood, Ted Leo and the Pharmacist, Dinosaur Jr., as well as the Dead Weather. Really just powerful vocals from Marissa Paternoster. Just, she shreds on her guitar. So, you know, DJs love it here. And uh, I really think they're, they're actually on tour right now. So building up their fan base. But check that album out, Castle Talk by Screaming Females. They won't let you down. And another album creeping up on the charts, Jenny and Johnny at number three this week with I'm Having Fun Now. And it's actually the project of Jenny Lewis, who you might know from Rilo Kylie and um, musician Jonathan Rice. They actually started working together in L.A. and were introduced to one another by Connor Oberst of uh, Bright Eyes. So their sound is kind of like part rock and roll, harmonic and some alt country thrown in there. But really cute band. So check those out. That's all for this week's edition of The Core News. We will be back next Monday at 7 p.m. right here on 90.3 The Core. Or you can catch our podcast online at thecore.fm. And if you don't want to deal with podcasts and they're much too complicated for your busy on-the-go lifestyle, then you can also listen to The Core News streaming. Also at www.thecore.fm. What an awesome website. If you'd like to contact The Core News... Join the Core News team yourself, suggest a news story, or uh, just say hi. Then you can email us at news at thecore.fm. The Core News has been brought to you this week by Amy Bronstein, Nana, The Sherman Tank, Lauren Jefferson, Stephen Yannick, and Mindy Hoffman. You've been listening to The Core News on 90.3 The Core.